0: Ask Sherwin Williams during the endless summer sale, September 1st through the 11th, and get 30% off paints and stains with prices starting at $31.14. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only, some exclusions apply. See store for details.
1: And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I'm Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, there's been something on my heart probably the last month, and I really needed to bring something to the show regarding the Russian-Ukrainian war that was beyond the war, that was beyond the narrative that you see in the mainstream media. And I got an email, again, about a month back from one of my favorite nonprofits, the Survivor Mitzvah Project, and you can check them out go to SurvivorMitzvah.org. That's M-I-T-Z-V-A-H, SurvivorMitzvah.org. And my friend, founder Zane Busby down at the organization is doing some tremendous work. Now, the Survivor Mitzvah Project, if you're just brand new to it, it's a humanitarian effort providing direct financial aid and emotional aid as well. I'm going to point that out because that is part of the thing that they do so well to Elderly Holocaust Survivors in Remote Areas of Eastern Europe and Ukraine. And we're going to get to so much in the discussion today. But first off, Zane, it's been a long time. I think I rebranded my show once since the last time you were on several years. But it's a pleasure to have you back on the show.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: So let's first give a quick rebrief. if people didn't hear the last chat we had, or maybe they're just brand new to your organization, how your organization got started. Because in a twist of events, I know you're a television comedy director by trade. You decided to take a small break, small hiatus, and get into some of your lineage, your heritage, find out about where your grandparents were directly from. And that kind of took you in a new direction. Tell us about that.
0: Well, I was directing shows all over the place, and it was towards the end of the year. And I usually go to Hawaii and just, like, take a breather. And actually, my, my mom saw an article about something in Lithuania, and she said, you know, your grandmother's from there and your other grandmother's from Belarus. You should really go and find where they're from and, you know, visit these small towns. So I said, okay. So off I went. And I didn't know at that time that you needed a visa to get into Belarus, so I was kind of stuck in Lithuania for a couple of days, longer than I thought. And it was a happy accident because I ran into someone, a professor there, who um, said to me, you know, if you're going to cross the border into Belarus, there's a lot of Holocaust survivors there. And because this was right before 9-11, so it's already September,
1: and it was getting
0: cold there. And he said, no, in the summer, people come and help them out, but in the winter, they get no visitors, so they really need, you know, food and medicine, and can could you bring them some groceries, and could you bring them some over-the-counter meds, and could you go to the cash machine and get as much cash as you can and give them, you know, 20 and $50 bills. So that's what I did, you know, with these eight names that I had in my pocket. And since that time... Um, Oh, it was, it was an astounding trip because going across that border was like going back in time. It was really like a foreign landscape from another planet. Everything was just like rotting away. And the, it looked like the war happened yesterday. You know, there were bullet holes in the buildings and you know, everything was trashed. And It, it broke your heart, like didn't it? No, Oh, yeah. There, was, there were no cars. There were no restaurants. There was nothing. And along these back roads, we found these little huts where these survivors lived. who would knock on the door. No one was ever there. We'd go around back, and there were these old people on their hands and knees digging up potatoes because the ground was going to freeze, and if they didn't get their potatoes up, they wouldn't have a winter food supply. Wow. So, you know, I, I, I would yell out, you know, hello, and then go into their huts, and through a translator I was with, you know, I said, tell me what happened to you during the Holocaust, and usually I was the first person to ask. So their stories just came out, and um, I was, like, absolutely astounded about this. Because, you know, I, I read a wonderful article by a, a scholar and a writer named Isabella Tabarovsky, and she, she wrote that, you know, the world sees the Holocaust through the lens of Auschwitz, which is true. I mean, everyone thinks the Holocaust happened in Poland, and everything happened around the big concentration camps that we've all heard about. But 2.7 million Jewish men, women, and children, that's almost half of the 6 million, perished in the East, the Holocaust in the East, which is Ukraine and the Baltic. And they didn't go to concentration camps, at least ones that we know about. They were just small starvation camps. And they were mostly shot by the mass killings, the Einsatz group and the army that went around and went from town to village to town to village rounded up every Jewish man, woman, and child, shot them on the spot and put them in a mass grave and then torched the town or torched that section of the town and then went to the next town. And they did this by the thousands. There are thousands of um, towns that were um, uh, treated this way. And, of course, millions of Jewish men, women, and children were shot into these pits. So this was like a real eye-opener for me, and I think that... Um, what we're doing now by helping Holocaust survivors in the East, we also tell their stories because they've never told their stories before.
1: Well, and that's what's important is getting that other perspective because it's a whole different perspective, Zane, when you're hearing it from these survivors of that horrific time. And that's why I'm I'm so glad you took that trip over there and started Survivor Mitzvah because these stories need to be told. These people's experiences need to be told. And when yes. people yes. really dig into their hearts, they can really find that these people should never be forgotten. Just like, you know, you mentioned nine eleven at the beginning of the show, and we try to never forget that horrific day. Well, this is, was just as horrific of a day, and we need to make sure that these people are always on our minds, that we help them as often as we can. And I love it that, you know, 100% of the donations that people make towards Survivor Mitzvah, they go to the Holocaust survivors directly into their hands. They're in such desperate need of food and medicine and shelter and loving kindness as well. And they can go to survivor mitzvah.org. Again, that's M-I-T-Z-V-A-H dot O-R-G. Go to the main menu tab, click on donations, and directly donate there. Uh yeah,
0: it's the, horrific yeah, what's yeah. going
1: on in Ukraine and Russia right now. Absolutely horrendous. And yeah, minute, why do you think these amazing people who have lived through one of the worst periods of history are often simply forgotten? I mean, I hate to say it that way, but they're cast to the side. What's the reason for that? These people should be cherished and treasured.
0: So, well, a lot of them are living in areas that, that you know they lived in either before the war or were relocated to after the war. And these aren't always areas that welcome them. So a lot of them are afraid to tell their stories, like we had a one survivor, I'll give you an example, she was uh, taken to a very small camp with her at age, that's four, with her older brother, her mother and father, and the minute they got there, they were supposed to be relocated, and you know, this was a place to work, but the father noticed that there was absolutely no food or water in the camp, and he said, okay, I'm going to jump the fence, I'm going to go back to our village, I'm going to sell our belongings and come back with bread, so he did that, And uh, he got shot coming back through. So now it's just the mother and the two kids. And the mother, just like every other mother in that camp, you know, gave every blade of grass she could find to feed her children. So she died of starvation. And soon the camp was just, you know, children taking care of each other. And they used them as target practice. And they, they did terrible things for them. And... Uh, at the it she but she was gonna get this one survivor was going to get uh, injected with typhus the next day just to see what would happen to the kids, you know?
1: Yeah. yeah. They were
0: injected with a horrible disease. And the war stopped. So they took her brother who was by that time seventeen and he went immediately to the front because this was in Ukraine. And she was left alone. She was like nine years old absolutely rail thin uh someone who knew her at the time said she was so thin that she was actually blue you could practically see through her and she's walking on she didn't know what to do so like everyone else you know the first impulse is to go home and see if anyone else survived you know a friend a relative someone sure and so she's walking through the forest and the back roads and uh she's really very really hungry and she smells fresh bread baking so she follows you know this 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 uh, this uh the scent, and she knocks on the door of a farmhouse and said, oh, please, please, can I have some bread? And the woman says, oh, go around the back. My husband's there. He has something for you. So she goes around the back, and unfortunately, she had knocked at the wrong door because this was the head Nazi of the town.
1: Oh, and he boy. beat
0: her mercilessly with the back of an axe blade. And she it took her like a year and a half to learn how to walk again. So then she goes back to her town, and this guy, this Nazi... He becomes the mayor along with his wife. So she could never say anything about what happened to her. So that's how a lot of these people, you know are living you know and, they, and you never think about story. it like
1: that zay i mean i even didn't that how are these people forgotten well it's because they're not necessarily trying to be forgotten but they also live through experiences where they don't want to be found out where they're from what they've done so that they can keep them and their families safe and you don't really think about it that way
0: right they could live next door to the person who murdered their, their exactly parents, you know? So that's one reason. The second reason is, you know, that they got stuck there in these places. So everyone, including me, when I went over there, I thought all Holocaust survivors were in the United States or Israel, and they're all being taken care of. That's kind of like the picture that you get. But it's not true because, you know, there was no, like, Internet. So after the war, it wasn't as if there was a big announcement, go to the United States, go to Israel. You know, Europe was carved up. And most people, 90% of these people who survived or were the sole survivors or didn't even know if they were the sole survivors they went back to their town or village just like you and i would do to find out you know did their sisters survive did their neighbors survive did their grandparents survive you know what happened so they, they went to these places and then the iron curtain fell so they were kind of stuck in these countries and that and stuck in these countries there isn't a lot of help for them and there's no one to advocate for them Here we have, you know, lots of organizations that advocate for Holocaust survivors and help them fill out forms so they can get reparation uh, compensation funds from Germany. But there, you know, they don't have computers. There's no advocates.
1: Yeah, it's a different world to
0: help them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of them have, you know, been, you know, waiting for a check for like, you know, fifteen, twenty years, thirty years.
1: Well, again, this is where why we go beyond just the. The Russian-Ukrainian war, as awful as it is beyond that narrative in the mainstream, because we're here to talk about making sure that these survivors are not forgotten. And the the number now that we're going to give out is absolutely astounding. It blew me away, Zane, when I heard it, because I didn't realize it was this great of a number. But how many Holocaust survivors right now are caught in the middle of this horrific war with Ukraine and Russia?
0: Well, you know, there aren't great numbers, but at least 10,000 of them. You know, there aren't great numbers. Everyone's got a different number. and
1: I still think that's dogs, significant. You know, I mean, I, I was taken aback. I thought it was less.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, um, like, we have, and these are survivors of all different ages and needs, you know. Now, what's interesting is some of the oldest survivors are in better health, health than the youngest ones. Like, we have people, we have a woman there in Ukraine right now. She's 102 years old.
1: Oh, God Thank bless her.
0: God she's deaf. So she doesn't hear the explosions because she is just teetering on the edge because right now, you know, at the older you get, your memory kind of focuses on your early life. So sure. all these terrible things that happen to these people are coming up in their dreams and their waking existence and it's really awful. Oh
1: it breaks my but heart. They're
0: they're really suffering from PTSD that's never been treated. So when, when there is a survivor that you know, hears an explosion or sees dead bodies in the street or doesn't have enough to eat right now or sees, like, their neighborhood being bombed, you know, this takes them right back to the Holocaust when they were running and running and running and there was no place that was safe. There was no kind person giving them, you know, food and water and, and, and help as they crossed the border. It was just another hell, you know. So this is a really bad emotional place for these survivors to be. And also, like I was saying, physically... So the oldest survivors, at least, you know, they were maybe teenagers or young adults and they had, you know, proper nutrition or as good as, you know, it could get in those countries. The younger ones who were born during the war or, you know, uh, they they were born of starving mothers, you know, so they were starved in in the womb. They never developed correctly. They never had strong bones and teeth, their internal organs never developed correctly. So they start to fall apart really in their late 60s and 70s. They get very ill, they get all kinds of cancers, they get heart disease, they get a lot of diseases the older ones don't get.
1: So we are here on across the county. Zane Busby, my guest. She's founder of the Survivor Mitzvah project. Go to survivormitzvah.org. Again, that's M-I-T-Z-V-A-H dot O-R-G. Go to the main tab there and click on donations because 100% of your donations for Holocaust survivors go directly into the hands of this, of any survivor in need. And they're in need of so much food, medicine, as I said, shelter and just some basic human loving kindness. Zane, at this point, how many have you guys at Survivor Mitzvah helped? And the key point here is these people wouldn't survive if it wasn't for the generosity, not just of the Survivor Mitzvah project, but for the people listening that might make a donation to you guys.
0: Yes, it's life-saving. You know, if you can donate $10, if you can donate $10,000, it's all life-saving. Because right now, especially for Ukraine, although we are in nine countries, especially for, for Ukraine where there is uh, a food supply, you know, a lack of food, so that any food that's there is more expensive. A lot of pharmacies have shut down, so the few medicines that are available are 10 times the price. So all of these donations will help these people live on. You know, they're suffering, and people who need insulin can't get it. You know, things that they need every single day they can't get. And A lot of people see on television, this is is important, they see these uh, packages of... um, All kinds of humanitarian aid, you know, water, food, medicine, stacked up at the borders. And they see that if people are mobile and can cross the borders, you know, they get help, they get hot food, they get a place to stay, they get help in relocating, they get medical attention, they get clothing, the kids get school. But to the people who are trapped inside of Ukraine, there is none of this. So what we focus on is bringing the help inside of Ukraine because that's where it's really needed right now. There's an abundance of wonderful help from all kinds of organizations and people around the world on the borders in Poland and Hungary, Slovakia, and Moldova. But we're concentrating on getting food, medicine, heat, shelter, whatever they need to the people inside, and to also let them know they haven't been forgotten, which is very, very important, because most of them went through the Holocaust alone, and we want to let them know through phone calls and texts or whatever we can do with them, that we are there for them, and that we are a phone call away, and we will call them every day, and we will make sure that they are not forgotten, which means the world to them. One survivor wrote us back, she wrote, your phone call was as if I found a diamond. (laughs) Oh,
1: that's precious.
0: It, it means that much.
1: And, and how so, many currently have you helped since this war broke out in Russia, Ukraine? Uh, is there a number that you have for us?
0: Well, we have 350 survivors uh, in desperate need in Ukraine um, that, that we care for. So uh, we've helped a good half of them so far. And every day we help more and more. But as the money comes in, we don't keep it for even a day. You know, we send it mm, right just out. Just put it to use. Yeah, it it, go, it goes to immediate use. So, you know, if you, if you really want to make a difference and an impact and know that 100% of anything that you give is going exactly to the cause and is going exactly to the people with no one taking a cut, you know, nothing's going for big salaries or anything else, then donate to the survivor mitzvah project because we are making a difference and that's what we're here for.
1: Yeah. I love you guys so much. You guys have done so much over the years. One of my favorite, and I mean this Zane, you guys are one of my favorite nonprofits. Uh, I'm going to put a quote out there and then I'll have you close out the show. Uh, about what is really needed over there in ukraine for for these Holocaust survivors, but it really puts things in perspective. There was a Holocaust survivor, Valentin B, I believe from Ukraine said this: the activities of the survivor Mitzvah project cannot be weighed on any scale. I very much appreciate your caring for people like me, being interested in our lives and supporting us emotionally and financially. Crossing thousands of kilometers, the golden threads of kindness, care, and consideration from your generous hearts are stretching all the way to our worn-out, aged hearts. I bow my gray-haired head low before you. I almost cry reading that every time.
0: I know. Me, too. Me, too. I mean, that's, you know, that's how these people feel. When you get a, a letter or a response from that, you, know, you go, oh, my God you know, it's so meaningful what we're doing. That's what keeps us going, you know. It's because we know how meaningful this is. These are people who have been marginalized their entire life. No one has cared. No one has cared. No one has found them. No one has sought them out, you know. And this, this all happened accidentally to me. But, like, sometimes, you know, when you see something, you know, you got to say something and do something, as they say, you know. And I thought, you know, this this, uh, this is something that we can do and we can change the trajectory of their lives by just giving them kindness and consideration and care. And so that's what we did. We, you know, we never expected it to be this big and it grows every day, but it's all grassroots. There's no big source of money that we're, you know, we don't get the hundreds of millions of dollars that you hear about. This is all people digging into their pockets, you know, people on pensions digging into their pockets. So like, you know, every single penny helps.
1: Well, Zane, I thank you so much. As we close out the show here in the last 90 seconds, I want to remind people that if they make a donation at Survivor Mitzvah, that's M-I-T-Z-V-A-H dot O-R-G, through the donations tab, it's 100% of that donation that goes directly to the Holocaust survivors in war-torn Ukraine, gets right into their hands. They get the food, the medicine, the suitable shelter because they're staying in Ukraine. That is what it's all about. And what could you tell our listening audience in closing about why the need is so dire right now in war-torn Ukraine with these Holocaust survivors?
0: Well, you know, if we don't help them now, they will not make it through. And... You know, they're the last of their line. That's it. So, you know, we have to help them directly. We can't wait for organizations to be able to, big organizations get into Ukraine because, you know, it may not ever happen. So we have to be able to, to be a small organization that pivots easily and meets challenges easily. We have boots on the ground, people that we've worked with for years and years who also are helping us over there and donating their time and you know delivering aid to people in far off villages and helping us. So I would say that everybody can do something. Everybody can do something. If you you know even if you can't donate you can certainly go on our website and forward the website through your social media to everyone else. I mean there's a million ways to help and you can certainly help these people who need our help more than ever, and they're also fighting for democracy. This is, this is what people you know, really have to re- remember that you know, if Ukraine falls, a lot of countries will fall. So this, this is, is our war as much as it's their war, but it's also a war to show kindness to people who don't live in a place where kindness is shown to them daily.
1: Well, I have to tell you, I know you said this was an unexpected turn of events in your life, but sometimes fate and God intervene in mysterious ways. And this is definitely uh, something that was for your life that is going to affect so many. And on the other side, I know they're going to thank you because you do tremendous work, Zane. And so from the bottom of my heart, thank you for helping them because it is just an invaluable resource, the Survivor Mitzvah Project.
0: Thank you, Neil. If, you, if your listeners go to SurvivorMitzvah.org and just scroll down the home page, there's lots of information on just the home page. There are about I don't know, maybe 10 short videos, and if they click on those videos, they'll see us in Eastern Europe, in Ukraine, and Belarus, and Lithuania, and Latvia, and Moldova, and Slovakia. Um, they'll see us and do our job, which is to deliver food and medicine and and money to these people who are suffering so it's very interesting and you can also hear the survivor stories if you go to our holocaust educational archive page you'll see stories and shorts and and full-length interviews with these people so you'll see that they're not a number they're they're a human being and they had dreams and hopes just like all of us have had in our lives but that those were all cut short by the holocaust so right now at the end of their lives Let's show them that there is a kind world out there, and this is something that we can all do together, and it's a wonderful thing to do.
1: Let's show them there is a kind world out there, hear their stories, hear their perspective. It's a much different perspective than the perspective of the Holocaust that we all know so well through our history books. And to see these stories and to hear these stories, I guarantee you it's going to change your life and your perspective. Go to SurvivorMitzvah.org, Survivor, M-I-T-Z-V-A-H.org. Click on the Donations tab. Make a donation because they are in the middle of this. Whatever you think about the war, the Russian-Ukrainian war, let's move beyond the narrative. Let's help them and show them some loving kindness. Zane, thanks for coming on the show. We're going to have you back on in about a month for an update.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much,
1: Noah. Thank you, That's Zay. Nice. Noah here on Across the County. Go to Survivormitzvah.org